We praise your family. We are back with another Bible study lesson for you. And in this message, we're going to be hearing from Sean Pierce. And in his message, he is talking about a familiar passage in the book of Habakkuk. But in his message, he is breaking this passage down and taking a deeper look in this text. And we truly hope and pray that after hearing this message, that it resonates with you and it empowers you. All right. And so, um, First and foremost, I'm super glad to be with you all. Um, I feel like I haven't been in this space in a couple of weeks, um, but last week, um, Angie gave us a message on prayer, and it was a powerful message on prayer, um, and y'all know how God is. He, he followed up with a message from me that's going to begin uh, with a communication, uh, with um, a communication between a prophet and God, and so uh, we're going to look at the book of um, Habakkuk, Habakkuk, and we're going to start uh, in chapter two. I'm going to read these verses, and then we're going to jump in. Before I do, let's pray. And so, Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God, for this day, God. We thank you for just uh, allowing us to be able to gather in this community, God. We thank you for those that have come uh, from their uh, own places, Lord God, from their own time, Lord God, to spend, Lord God, hearing what you have to say. And God, I just pray that you just allow for this message to go forth. Holy Spirit, that you speak and whatever you want to say, that you use uh, me, participate, or allow for me to participate in this in this message to give whatever it is that you've put on my heart. And God, I just thank you. I love you and I honor you. Forgive us for our sins, Lord God, and continue just to clean us up from the inside out. And God, we just say thank you. God, we just ask you to open up our hearts, our mind to receive what it is that you want to say, and that you would give us the ability to be led by Holy Spirit to put this in practice, Lord God, to continue to live out this life in the way that you call for us to live in. in Jesus name we pray amen and so the book of Habakkuk so let's go to the book of Habakkuk uh, chapter two and I'm going to read a familiar uh verse very very familiar but I want to put this in context I want to put this in context and then um we're going to see what Holy Spirit wants to say and so Habakkuk chapter two and I'm just going to read uh verse one uh through three verse one through three and this is what it says it says I will stand up at to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. Let me start over. I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow and coming, wait patiently, for it will be, for it will surely, it will surely, it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. I'm going to read it one more time. I will climb up, climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Then the Lord said to me, Write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. So listen, this scripture that I just read, we usually 
quote this, especially like when, when we feel like God has given us something, we feel like we have something from the Lord and uh, we want to see this vision. So we'll yell out, hey, write it, write it down, make it plain. That's what we usually say, write it down and make it plain. But I just truly believe that as I begin to look at this verse and I went back and started getting the context of this and seeing what this prophet was really saying, it just it just brought the revelation just all in, in, in perspective. And so I want to share this and then we'll we'll see what Holy Spirit wants to say. And so this book, obviously, the book of Habakkuk, it's a prophet. It's a prophet that's having a conversation um, between him and God. And so the first uh, thing in this is usually a prophet is someone that gives a word to the people. He's, he gives the revelation to the people on what God has said. But this is a particular story where the prophet is actually in conversation with God. And so the, the first chapter of this book um, gives us a couple of things that I want to that I want to point out. But before I jump in that, I want to give us a definition of vision. So what is vision? And before I give it out, somebody hop off me and let me know what, what is vision? What is it? What's the definition of vision? Anybody? I don't have a definition, but I know it's something that you can't necessarily see. Okay. Anybody something. else? Anybody else want to give it a give it a stab? A glimpse of something to come. Mm, that's really good. Both of them are good. Anybody else? I feel like Rachel, you give me like a face expression that you want to say something, but you just can't get off your lips. Anybody else? Come on, Jane. I'll, I'll try. I'll try. Um, what I thought of was like something that you can see in your mind, but you can't necessarily see. Something I think that kind of plays off what Denise. Uh, okay. Got you. Yeah, that's good. I got, I got one song. Good. Seeing success twice, seeing success twice. Okay. 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 I love that actually. That just, okay. Go ahead. Anybody else? Elaine said what Raven be having on Disney Sample. Elaine. Anybody else want to give it a stab? Anybody? Anybody else? Okay. So listen. Vision in the most, uh, 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 the smallest definition I could give you is a word of revelation. And revelation just means reveal truth. So it's a word of revelation. And revelation just means revealed truth. Something that God reveals, that he gives you, that he shows you, that he speaks directly to you, that 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 disturbs your spirit. When he speaks it to you, it's, it's that thing that when, he, when you get it, it just won't leave. It's that thing that when you get it, it's like, wait a minute, you get excited. You like, why would you show me this? What is this? Why is this bothering me like this? It's the burden that you get from a, a word of revelation, something that God has revealed to you. And so that's what vision is, right? And so all your definitions in some way, some form could have been added into that to say, yes, that's correct. And so vision just means a word of revelation. And revelation is just something that's a, a revealed truth from God. And so um, when you put this in context of what Habakkuk is talking about, so Habakkuk is, is having this revelation, the context of this, of this vision that he's having is uh, because it was so much wicked in the city. It was so many things going on in the city. And he starts this, this chapter off by saying, God, why are you allowing all this to happen? And I want to read it just to give us the context. So this is what he says. He says, how long, O Lord, must I cry for help? But you do not listen. 
Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you do not come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight, and the law has become paralyzed, and there is no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous, so that justice has become perverted. And so Habakkuk opens this up by, by talking to God, by telling him, listen, all this stuff is going on, all this wicked stuff is going on in, in, in uh, Judah, like all this stuff is taking place and you ain't even coming to help, you ain't saving, you ain't doing nothing. I want to point out that, that Habakkuk is not coming like passive, he's not coming scared, he's not coming to God just like, oh, and God, like, I don't know, or something like, he, he coming boldly. And I wanted to point this out because I wanted to make sure that as we think about prayer from last week, that we would be reminded that the Bible tells us to come boldly to the throne of grace. And that when something is on our heart and something and something is bawling us in our spirit and we feel like this thing is, is just not right, we feel it, whether it's good or it's bad, it's just something there. I want to just remind us and, and remind us through uh, the, the prophet that he came boldly. He came with boldness and rawness. And I want to ask us the, ask us the question, do we not come bold in raw and rawness and expect for, for, for our prayer life to be built and, and expect for our prayer life to be changed, expect us to be changed in our prayer life? Do we come timid like, oh, God, and I don't know, and, 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 and I just think that I just... Or are we coming boldly to God, knowing that, God, this is it. I'm pouring out to you because I just learned in my life, even through just a personal relationship with me and Angie or with me and T or with me and Jorian, that relationship doesn't grow. And I can't step into true intimacy until I get raw and bold. Until I'm being raw and bold with that person, whether this is God or a physical individual, that relationship is hit with a bit with a block. It can't grow. Because I can't give my true self, I can't give the true thing that I'm that's bothering me. I can't be real with you if I won't be raw and bold. So as we came out the message last week, where Angie gave us a beautiful message about prayer, my question is: Is the relationship between you and God, you and people, not growing because you haven't decided to get raw and bold with you? You haven't decided to be you in your prayer life. You haven't decided to be you in your relationship with, with, with the people that God has put around you. And so a block has come up because they can't even communicate. They can't even, they can't even really talk to you or they can't even really have the conversations that they want to have because you're not bold and you're not raw. And, and the prophet in this, in this text, he starts this off. He jumps off the porch, just raw and bold. God, where is you at? You ain't nowhere to be found. All this evilness going on. What is going on? And I want to point this out. That when he does this, Habakkuk is so trusting in the Lord as a prophet that he waits on the answer. He waits on the vision. He pours it out. And he don't pour it out and be like, okay, I'm done. See you later. He pours it out and he waits. And God answers. And this is what God says. This is the vision that he gave. He said, the Lord replied, 
Look around at the nations, look and be amazed for I am doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe. Even if someone told you about it, I have to pause right there. This is God's reply. And, and, and when you listen to this reply, it would make me sit up in my seat. Like you finna tell me that no, something that nobody know and something that nobody's seen. And you finna, you finna bless my ears with something like that. Like you feel, you, I just poured my heart out to you and told you all the problems, all the things that I'm seeing, all the things that I feel like you should be intervening in. And then you reply, your first words is this, look around at the nations and look and be amazed for I am doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe, even if somebody told you about. This would have made me sit up in my prayer like, oh, okay, let's, I'm with it. God, don't share some bless, don't bless my ears with something. This is what God told this man. I am raising up the Babylonians and cruel, a cruel and violent people. Wait. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I just told you that, it, that, that the people of Judah are out here acting crazy. Your own people are out here acting crazy. They out here, they out here being cruel. They need it's violent. They, they need help. I need you to come through and you ain't intervening. And your reply after you tell me, I'm going to tell you something that's really, really good. I'm going to bless your ears is I'm going to raise up the Babylonians, the cruel and violent people. Now, let me give you context to this. The Chaldeans or the Babylonians were a people that were worse than the people that, that, that the, uh, uh, the prophet was looking at face to face. So I just told you that my situation is bad and, and, and all these people that see me as a prophet, they're cruel, they're hateful, they're killing people, they're doing all this evil stuff. You say you're about to give me something that nobody else knows, you're about to show me something, you're about to give me a vision, and the vision is you're about to raise up a people that don't even believe in you, that's worse off than the people that I'm looking at to change this. That's the vision? That's the vision, God. You finna do something. You finna send the people that's worse than the people that I'm that I'm looking at face to face to change something. What do you do in the vision that God gives you? Just it it does not make sense. This cannot be what you finna do. What do you do? What do you do in the answer that God gives you? The vision that He gives you. What He says that He's gonna do to fix the problem, the situation in your life. What do you do? When it just don't make sense. There's God. Listen, think about this. The prophet is seeing all this evil from his from from the people of God, from the people of Judah. God's own people. He's seeing them do all this violent stuff. He's seeing them act cruel. He's seeing them not live as the as the word has told them to live. He's seeing them disobey all the laws that they can disobey. And now he's brought this to God. He needs a word from God. Give me a vision. And the vision that God gives him, I'm about to turn up the heat and bring up people that don't believe me that are more cruel, more violent to change the issue. What do you do when the vision that you're given is worse off than what you thought or something that you thought, God, why you just can't change the people to do the heart? 
Like, why you just can't send rain and thunder in for a day or two and then they think about what's going Why you can't do something else? Can I put it in our own life? God, this job was bad. This was worse off. They was treating me terrible. Why would you send me to another job where now I ain't doing what I thought I need to be doing and the people are better, but this job that I'm doing now, like, I wanted to do something else. You had told me a long time ago that I was going to be a producer. Now you got me working in the, in the studio, but now I'm doing this. I thought I was going to be producing. God, God, you, you, you said you brought me out of this relationship and I told you I'm good. I don't want one. And now you're telling me I got to, this person is for me. I got to do this again. And now they got a worse attitude than what I was just dealing with. I th- Wait, I thought it was going to be something different. What do you do when the vision just don't make sense to you? You don't see the end road. You don't see the end, uh, how the end can be better than what I was seeing before. What do you do? Can I use you, Elaine? God, you blessed me with this house. I had a vision that I would be in the house a long time ago. I'm going to use your testimony, Elaine. You told me I was going to be blessed with this beautiful house, and I was blessed with it. But in this season now, you're telling me how some of the things in my life are going to be fixes for me to move out of the place that I thought I was going to be in? Wait a minute. That's the vision? The vision is I'm going to leave this situation that I thought this was the best place. This was a beautiful place for me. But now I'm going to have to leave this place, this space right here, to go somewhere else. This don't make sense. Why? What, 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 what is this going to fix? How is this going to be fixed? This is where this, this prophet is sitting. Can I read you the rest of the text? He says, I'm raising up the Babylonians and a, a cruel and violent people. They will march across the world and conquer other lands. They are notorious for their cruelty and do whatever they like. Their horses are swifter than cheetahs and fiercer than, than wolves at dusk. Their their chariots charge from far away the, the, like eagles. They swoop down to devour their prey. Oh, they come, on on they come, all bit on violence. Their hordes uh, advance like a desert wind, sweeping captives uh, ahead of them like sand. They scoff at kings and princes and scoff at all fortresses. They simply pop, they simply, they simply pile ramps of earth against their walls and capture them. They sweep like, they sweep past like the wind and are gone. But they are deeply guilty for their own strength is their God. These people don't even believe in God. Their strength is their God. Are you finna use them to change the situation? This is Habakkuk's reply. And I love his reply. He says, oh, Lord, my God, my holy one, you who are eternal, surely you don't plan to wipe us out. Oh, Lord, our rock. You have sent these Babylonians to correct us, to to punish us for our many sins. But you are pure and cannot stand aside of evil. Will you wink at their treasury? Should you be silent while the wicked swallow up people more righteous than they? Are we only fish to be caught and killed? Are we only sea creatures that have no leader? Must we be strung up on their hooks and caught in their nets while they rejoice and celebrate? Then they will worship their nets and burn incense in front of them. These nets are the gods who have made us rich. 
they have they will they will claim will you let them get away with this forever will they succeed forever in their heartless conquest so Habakkuk gives his first complaint. He says, this is wicked. Ain't no way this is going to happen, God. You need to come intervene. God says, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to give you the vision. I'm going to give you what's going to fix this. I'm going to give you the, what's going to help this to be better. But what I'm going to give you is I'm going to give you a people that are more cruel, that, 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 that are going to do more harm, that are going to come and correct all of this stuff. I'm going to use some people that, that I wouldn't probably use, that you wouldn't think I'm going to use. I'm going to use them to come fix this. And Habakkuk comes back and said, Lord, I know you ain't finna just destroy us all. I know you ain't finna do something like this, God. Like, you must got another plan. There's no way you're gonna use this situation. You're gonna use them people to fix this. There's no way. This is God's, this is Habakkuk's last reply. And this is where we find our text. He says this, but before I go there, I wanna ask this question. What do you do when what is revealed I'm gonna ask it again because I need you to I need to pause right here and just let you let you let you think about this. What do you do when what is revealed doesn't look how you would like it to look or what you think it should look like? What, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do when the vision that he gives you? Doesn't look like it should be the one that because this is this is the thing that I was thinking about. We only use this write the vision down and make it plain when the vision is, oh God, you finna give me the million dollars in the big crib and the in the in the five family and 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 five people in the family and you finna give me the 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 big job and and you finna that's the vision that we use to talking about. When we say write the vision and make it plain. We usually talking about that five point vision that look beautiful on paper, and we finna put it on our refrigerator, or we finna put it on our, our, our nightstand in the room to be reminded that oh, listen, God said a million dollars is on the way. That's usually what we use this for. Can, can somebody be honest and say that's what we use this verse for? I know me. That's what I used to use this verse for all the time. Write the vision and make it plain. Give me a good three-point uh, uh, vision, God, so I can write it down, so I can trust that it's coming. $15 million is on the way. It's going to hit my bank account next week. That's what we use to use this for. But Habakkuk is sitting in this, in this chapter, and he's having to take a vision that don't make sense to him. It don't make sense. And so what do you do when that vision don't make sense? And it's not how you think God should go ahead and do it. It's not how you think God can do. It's not the best way that you feel like he can do this. And what I thought about when I was thinking about this question is Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. And this is what it says. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, and so are my so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. That in the midst of receiving something that you just don't think is the best option for the thing to be fixed, for the situation to be fixed, for the, 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 the situation to turn out how you think it should turn out. One thing you have to remember is the reason why I brought it to you, God, is because I know that you can fix it. 
So even if I don't think that the way that you just told me you're going to fix it is the best way, I still have to remember or be reminded that your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. That even if it don't look right, even if it don't seem right, even if this can't be the best thing for this situation, I must remember there was a reason why I brought this to you in the first place. This is the reason why I got raw and bold with you in the first place. Because your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. So is the heavens of the earth. So it, they're higher than mine. And so this was Habakkuk's last reply. He said, I'm going to go climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. I'm going to pause right here. And I'm going to ask this question. Can somebody type this question in the chat? Because this, this right here, when God, when I felt like Holy Spirit said this, I just was like, okay, thank you. This is, this, this is good. So he says, what, this is the question. What do you do when the vision has been revealed, but you need another answer or direction? Because this is the thing. The vision was given. I'm going to sit the Babylonians. This is how it's going to fix. This is how we're going to do this. Habakkuk comes with another reply. God, ain't no way. Wait a minute. I'm, wait, wait, wait. So you're going to use them to do this? No, wait. God, I need another answer. I need you to reveal something different. I need I need you to, to, to make it. I need you to do something else. I need you to show me something else. Because if we be honest, even when we get the vision sometimes, we'll just go out and we'll just do the thing. We'll take the little piece we got and be like, okay, cool. I'm going to just go over here then. Okay, cool. Well, you said this, so I'm just going to go on and do this then. What do you do when you get a piece, but you need more? You get a piece, but it ain't fully developed. You get a piece, but you don't fully understand. You get a piece of it, but it don't make sense. What do you do next? What do you do when you don't have the full answer and you don't have the full direction? You don't know what the next step should be. What do you do? Anybody want to answer that? I'll I, I open it for you. What, what do you do? I, I'll be honest and say what I've done. I've done what I've done in the past is I've done what I just told you to do. I just went left. I just went right. I just went and did something different. Oh, well, God, when you ready to do it, you'll do it. I'm not going to be no part of it. Let me go over here. What do you do? What do you do when the vision doesn't look right? Can I share something with you? I told T, I didn't even think about this. So before, so I was living in Houston uh, for about almost 10 years. And it was a season where God told me, and I didn't even realize this until four months later. God was putting on my heart, in my spirit, it's time to move. Ooh, I was ready to get out this apartment anyway. Where I'm going? Man, I know some new apartments on the other side of town in the rich part by the woodlands. I'm going to move over there. I hadn't gotten the full. He hadn't told me where to move yet. But I'm like, okay, cool. This opens up opportunity. I'm finna go. My partner just told me about some new apartments that's over here on the rich side of town. And they knew. And I can go over there. So I'm finna go over there. I go over there. 
I pay the, the deposit and I pay to make sure that, that my room is there because I wasn't going to move for a month or two. So when I come, it's going to be here because I'm going to put this money down. Bet. Appreciate the God for providing the money, giving me the ability to go and lock this in. Three weeks or two weeks before I'm moving, I get a phone call. Oh, yeah, Mr. Pierce, this is the people from the new apartment. And um, yeah, we're giving your apartment away. Wait a minute. I already paid. How are you giving something away? It's mine. If Angie came out me and told y'all what I told her when I called her, I said, listen, these people playing with me. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to give them a piece of my mind because obviously they, they, they playing with me. Obviously, obviously they just playing around with me and my money and they think I'm just, I'm going to go over. I get my car, I get my truck drive over there. I get over there. They like, sir, we were bought out. We don't, we can't really do nothing about the situation. You know, everybody else that was on the list, they had a nerve to tell me this. Everybody else that was on the list, most people that was on the list, we kept their room for them because they was going to move in by this week. But you just, you wanted three weeks, three more weeks and we can't do that. So yeah, nah, we're going to have to give your room away. But I paid my money. Yeah, well, we're going to get your room on. When I, when I tell y'all, I almost got ungodly. I said, wait. And you're going to keep my money? Oh, yeah, I mean, we just, we we can't reimburse. Wait, 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 wait. Give me a manager because this ain't, yeah, no. you're not going to take my apartment and take my money. <laughs> you, you I can't really make you give me the apartment, but you're not gonna steal my money too. Ain't no way you're not gonna get my money back. Don't don't do that. So I'm hot. My friend with me, he like, hey, bro, let's just let's 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 go outside. So I'm leaving, and while I'm leaving, I felt Holy Spirit say, "That was never your apartment." Wait, 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 wait. And instantly, my whole mood changed. I'm like, wait. So I get home. I'm like, well, what's going on? What am I going to do then? I'm telling Angie, what, what's the plan? What are we, we going to do? God say, go to a place and stay six months that I said I would never go to state. I would never go back to this place. Or go there and stay six months. So when I left Odessa, Texas in 2013, I told Jory, I told my mom, I told my daddy, I will never come back and stay in this place ever in my life, ever again. God said, pack your stuff up, go stay in that place because I got some stuff I need you to do and I'm preparing you for the next year. So what I did when I got, while I'm giving you this is what I did when I got that vision that, hey, you need to move, hey, you need, it's time to go, this season is up. What I did was I took what I thought I knew and I went and reacted on what I thought I knew and now I made more steps and had to, had to lose all this and lose all that and be confused about this not because God, but because of me. Because I didn't handle the part of the vision that was given to me, the thing that he said, the thing that I, that I knew he said to me. I didn't handle that thing properly. So what I did was I took that thing and went and did what I thought I should do with it without getting the full content, the full vision, what, what I needed to really know. I didn't get the direction. I didn't get the next step. But Habakkuk give us, gives us three things that I really think is so good that's going to help us to be able to, to, to get the vision, 
and be able, if I need another answer, if I need direction, if I don't know in which way I should go, he's going to help us. So this is what he says. He says, starting in chapter two, what I read, he says, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my reply. These are three things that he said in this text. If you just read it, he says, I'm going to get high. And I ain't talking about, no, 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 no. I'm going to get high in my watchtower. I'm going to get high. I'm going to work. And I'm going to wait. He says, I'm going to go to my watchtower. Watchtower in this time in, the, in biblical text was a place where I would go up to be high enough to watch over the things in which I was supposed to watch over, whether that was uh, uh, um, whether that was farmland, whether that was crops, or whether that was people. I'm going to go up to my watchtower, and I'm going to guard. I'm going to work my station. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do in this season. I'm going to do what which God has called me to do, whether that's just he gave me the vision, but he told me to stay put right here and do what I'm supposed to do right here. And I'm then going to wait on the rest of the vision to come. I'm not going to go and start doing all these new things and get to open this and go do this and go do that. Go do this. Go make this plan. Go. No, I'm going to get high. I'm going to get high enough. I'm going to go up. The imagery of this is I'm going to go up and get in a space to where I'm not around everybody that can tell me something different about what God just told me. Oh, well, I felt like God told me this vision. Well, baby, I think that you should go do this. Well, that ain't going to never work. That, that ain't that ain't what that ain't gonna ever be what you need to do. Oh well, I feel like God told me to leave this job, and I feel oh no, nah, baby, you better not leave that job. That's where your money coming from. And get high enough to where your environment is not gonna be the same people that's gonna tear your vision down. Is gonna tell you that there's gonna put doubt in your mind. It's gonna put fear in your mind. Get high enough to where you can get to a place to where your mind, your emotions, your spiritual life, your physical life won't be deterred by people that don't see the vision and don't see what God said in the way that you feel like they should see it or the way that they feel like they should see it. Let me help you out. So one of my good friends had this situation happen. God gave him a vision. This is what you should do. You should do this. What he had to do, and he learned in the process that I got to get high enough to where my spiritual life, my emotional life, my mental life, my, 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 my physical life, where everybody doesn't have access to take me away or deter me away from what God has told me. I got to get high. I got to get away from the last environment that I was in. Maybe I got to get away from some people. I got to get high enough to where I don't have to be surrounded by things that can take me away from the vision that God gave me. I got to get high. I can't be around the same people that's going to tear me away and going to deter me from what God has said. Y'all know them people where you go share your vision, where you feel like you can share, they, they been, you've been comfortable with them this whole time. You feel like they good people. You go share your vision, and the first thing they do is get mad. Oh, you tripping You ain't going to do this. Why are you going to do something like that? And, and ain't, ain't no way you're going to do that. That's crazy. And you're like, bro, I thought we was, I thought you had my background. I thought I didn't trust you with 
in this time when you get this vision, especially if you don't know or you don't feel like this is something that should take place. When you don't have full trust in it, you don't know. It looks it looks blurry right now. You have to get high. You have to get your emotional, your physical, your mental, your, 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 your spiritual life. You have to go to another space. Because if you don't, the same space that you heard this vision in will be the same space that people try to deter you from it. People try to tell you that it ain't right. People try to tell you that that ain't going to be it. Ain't no way it's going to look like that. Ain't no way God told you that. Nah, he ain't going to tell you something like that. He ain't going to tell you to leave that job and go over there. He ain't going to tell you that. You make too much money over there. He ain't going to tell you to do something like that. You got to get high. But also, don't get lazy. Oh, I heard the vision. I'm finna, I'm finna chill. God already said he gonna do something. So I'm finna cool it. Don't get lazy. Don't get lazy. Work out the season that he's put you in. He didn't find you lazy, so don't get lazy. The vision didn't find you lazy. You was working when you heard this vision. You was doing something when you heard this vision. You went to God. You weren't lazy. You, you approached God boldly and wrongness. You, you wasn't lazy with this, so don't get lazy now. When you get the vision work, keep doing what you are called to do. He didn't tell you nothing about your job. He told you that he was going to give you, he was going to show you a vision of how to do this, of how to make this change in your life, of how to do certain things, what you were going to go change in another department. But he didn't say stop working this department. He didn't say stop working this thing. He, he never told you that. So while he gave you this vision and you're not sure about what's next, you don't know the next answer, you don't know the direction, still work this part of your life out. Work out. Don't get lazy. Don't get lazy right here. Work. Work. And the third thing is don't get hasty. Hasty just means don't start, don't, 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 don't go get the moving and doing all and grooving and doing all the things that you think you should do now because you heard this little word, you got this vision. Don't get hasty. The third thing that he says right here, he says, and how. He says, and there, there at this space, when I get high, when I do, when I continue to do what God has called me to do in this season, he says, there in that space, I will wait to see what the Lord said. I got the vision. I'm not finna, I'm finna get high, I'm finna get, I'm finna make sure that my environment's good. I'm finna make sure that my own self is good, that I'm not deterring my own self. I'm going to make sure I'm good. I'm going to keep working and I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait to see what the Lord says. I'm not going to get hasty. I'm not, I'm not going to get haste. I'm not going to just go and start doing all these things. I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to get high. I'm going to make sure that I'm in a space to where I can hold this vision and not let everybody and their mama deter me from it. And I'm going to work. And I'm going to wait. This is what he did. And this is what came out of that. The Lord replied, and this is what it says. Verse two. Then the Lord said to me. So it wasn't until he got high. He worked and he waited. That the Lord said. 
It wasn't until he did that that then the Lord said to him, can I submit that sometimes we don't get a rest because we wouldn't get how we let everybody named mama pour into the vision. We let everybody named mama deter us and say this and that. We let ourselves do this and that and deter us from the vision. We don't work, we get lazy and we don't wait. Could it be those three that we never get to the then God said? Could it be we don't hear the rest of it because we wouldn't keep working, we got lazy? We wouldn't wait on the answer, we just got to doing all these things. We wouldn't get how we let everybody just deter us and tell us what we should do and, and get us in this space where we doubt and we just got fear and we just don't know and, and we just feel like, God, this is too much. Could it be that we get there and we never get to the then God said because those three things we don't do, could it be? I think in my life, as I look back and just rem remember some seasons, remember some things, I would have never been in them situations. I would have never been in them spaces. And I'm not saying I regret it because everything is, a, I learned from all that stuff, but some things you just don't have to go through if you do these three things, when you get something that you just don't understand, when you get that vision, it ain't full yet. If you do these three things, I just believe the text is written like this because when you do these three things that are back again, you get to the then God said and he reveals the rest of it to you. He tells you what's next. He tells you what you should do next. He gives you the answer that you're looking for. He answers your complaint. He gives you the confidence. He tells you what you should do next. He said, then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. I'm gonna stop right here. I'm gonna make this point. Write it down. Write it down. Don't be like me. I can remember. I can remember what the Lord, what thus the Lord has said. Write it down. We missed this little part of getting something from God, getting the vision. We missed this little part of write it down. What haven't you written down? What vision haven't you written down that thus the Lord told you? That's that good old King James. Thus the Lord. Why, wh wh what haven't you written down? What vision haven't you written down? Ask yourself this question. What vision haven't you written down? What thing haven't you written down that God has put in your spirit, that God has told you? What haven't you written down? Because this is what the Lord said to the prophet. Write it down. I know it don't make sense. I know you don't get the whole picture yet. I'm not giving you a 10-point presentation. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to unpack it all to you. I told you the most important part was going to take place. I let you in on the plan of how I'm going to do this. Write it down. How many of us have not written it down yet? You know what God told you about in your relationship life. You know, you know what he showed you know what he showed you in your finances. You know what he showed you at your workplace. You know the thing that he showed you that he was gonna do that just didn't make sense. You're like, oh no, Lord, he, he, well, I don't know, I don't know if that's from you yet. I don't even know. What have you not written down? And now in this season, when you should have went back and been remembered and been reminded by and went back and read it, you forgotten all about what he said. Because you didn't write it down. Write it down and make it plain. Write it down. Why should I write it down? One, the first reason you should write it down for your own encouragement. 
for your own encouragement. The rest of this chapter says this, in verse three, it says this vision is for the future time. Write it down so you can be reminded in that future time, so you can re be reminded in between the promise and the fulfillment. You can have something to remind you of what God has said, what thus the Lord has said. Be reminded if you write it down. But it will be behoove you if you get in the season, you get in a moment where hell and high water is breaking loose and you don't got nothing to remember that God has showed you because you never wrote it down. So when you press up against and you you are you you feel like you're getting beat up, you feel like life is just going down the hell, and you like, hey God, you ain't showed me nothing, you ain't told me nothing, you just leave me here. I, I told you to write it down. Because in this time, you will be you will be encouraged. You will be reminded that I did tell you some two years ago. I told you some three years ago. I told you some 17 years ago. I told you that five, I told you that five months ago. I told you that last month. You never wrote it down. So now in the time where you could go back and read and be encouraged, you're left not knowing and not remembering that the thing that you're seeing now is a part of the thing that God told you six, six years ago. He told you that. Already. So the first thing is so you can be encouraged. And then the text says so that others will be able to run with the message and they will be able to see. And so this part of the message, I mean, this part of the text, the second reason is so others can see the vision and also in the future see the, the, the faithfulness of God after God brings it to pass. So that up, nobody else can run with the vision that you've given if you don't write it down. If they can't read it plainly, don't expect them to run with it. You got a vision that God has shown you for your marriage, for your relationship life. And you don't write it down so that the other person can read it. Why would you get mad that they're not running with the vision that you have? You never wrote it down. They never can read it. But also not be able to just read it for this time. But when it's fulfilled, they can go back and see the faithfulness of God from the vision that he gave you. I got receipts of what he did. You see that day right now, I wrote that down three years ago. And now you're seeing, you're looking at a vision that God gave me three years ago. I got receipts. He's faithful. So it's just not for your encouragement, but it's for the reader. It's for the one that is going to read this for years to come. So that when you have your child or when you see that person that's doubting God, hey, I got receipts of his faithfulness. Matter of fact, you're living in something that Shows God's faithfulness from a vision he gave me years ago. Write it down. Please go write it down. I encourage you to go write it down. Whatever vision he's giving you or whatever vision he gives you, go write it down. Go write it down. Now, the rest of this chapter reads like this. It says, or the rest of these verses read like this. It says that this vision is for a future time. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. 
If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently. For it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. The rest of this chapter, the rest of this uh, 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 brings bring this point about. So I'm going to put this in a point form, and this is what the point I'm, I'm going to give us. What to do when you're stuck in the between the promise and the fulfillment. So God has given him this vision. He's told him to write it down, but it's not fulfilled yet. This is for a future time. This is going to be, this is to come. What can you do in that between time? I got three things that you could do. Three. Remember what he said. Read the vision. Go back and read the vision. This is what you're doing in between time. Go back and read the vision. This is how you stay on the course. This is how you don't let time and space deter you from what God said. You go back and read the vision. Go back and look at what he said. To be reminded of the God that you serve, the faithfulness, his love. He gave it to you. Go back and read. Be reminded. Remember his character. God said it's going to come to pass. This vision is for a future time. He's given you that. He said, this is, this is what I'm seeing. Remember his character, not just for what he just said, but go back and start thinking about all the other things he told you that came to pass. That will show you the character of God, that he is faithful. That he's not a man that he shall lie. Remember his character of who God is. Because during this space of, 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 of promise, in the middle of promise and fulfillment, that's where it gets tough. It's like, oh my goodness, you said this five years ago and this is it's, it's now 10 years from now. And God, this space is getting hard. It's hard to stay within this space of promise and fulfillment. How can I be reminded that this is really going to remember his character? Who God is, who God says he is, and who he's been in your life from the time of conception till now, how he's kept you, how he's sustained you, how he's been there right with you, that he's never left you nor forsaken you, that he's for you and never against you. Remember his character. Remember who God is. And then the last thing that I'm going to give you is hold on to the promise. He gave us a promise in here, and I want to read it again. He says, it seems slow in coming. Wait patiently, for it will surely, it will, will, surely take place. It will surely take place. Not it might, not it, it could, not there's a chance, there's a possibility. It depends on some other things. It may. I, it depends on the weather. No, it will surely take place. I love this last little part of this promise, he says. It will not be delayed. It will not be delayed. It won't be delayed. It will surely come to pass and it won't be delayed. Whatever, I, I'm just, I want to encourage anybody that's here that's, that's, that, that feels low about the vision. Listen, God said, 
it will surely come to pass and it will not be delayed. Which means delay in your mind can only be delayed if, it's, if you're basing it off of your time. You can only say something is delayed if you're basing it off of the time in which you think and thought that it should happen. Oh, that, I didn't even write that down. That, let me say that again. You can only say something is delayed if you in your mind have conceived or have birthed the thought or, or, or put something on a time limit in which you thought it should happen. Can I tell on myself real quick? Last night, I baked some cookies. Angie, I know, I went to the store and you told me to go get some food and I just added cookies into the batch and that's just what it was. I went and got some cookies. I put them in the oven on the time that they said that I should put them in there. And the back of the thing said 12 minutes. So in my mind, I had put 12 minutes on the clock because that's when it should be ready. It should be ready in 12 minutes. At 12 minutes when that people came off, I got off the couch from watching, watching a good show that I like to watch. And I went in the kitchen to get my cookies. They weren't ready, y'all. So I had to reset the time in my head because I had birthed the time in which they should be ready. So now I had to wait some more time for my cookies to get done. All I'm trying to say is, I thought it was delayed, but it was only I thought it was delayed because I put a time in my head that I thought it should be here. It should be ready. But God says it will not be delayed. So if you feel like it is delayed, you only feel that way because you birthed the time in your head. You put a God on a time clock when in which if it ain't happened at that time, two things. It wasn't ready and you wasn't ready. It's not delayed. You delayed it. The, the vision is not delayed. The fulfillment is not delayed. You just delayed it. You put it on the top clock. You said, well, at 30, I should be right here. And God, you 30, I'm going to be married. No. 31. But because you said 30, now when 30 come, God, you, it ain't, it ain't here. And this is when it should have been. And I should have been right here. And you should have did it then. God said, no, it won't be delayed. You just made it delayed. You just caused the whole ruckus in your mind and your spirit off of something that you never had the timetable for. You delayed it. You delayed you. Because you should have been growing even more in that in that last year before 31. But because you thought it sh that everything should happen in 30, you used that year to now lay back and wait on me to do something. You should use that year to go forward, get better, mature, go to therapy, to get ready for what God has called you to do in 31. But because you got a timetable, because you thought it was 30, you've lost a year of maturing and get prepared for what I'm calling you to do because you thought we were on your time. I want to encourage you to let you know that God said, I didn't say this, God said this. God said, it may seem slow in coming, 
but wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. The title of my message today was, it will not be delayed. I don't know who needs to hear it. I need to hear it. It won't be delayed. But don't allow yourself to conjure and believe, uh, 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 and believe on a timetable that God is not on. That he's not going to give you some half-baked cookies to fulfill, to make you feel good. No, they need to be, they need to be cooked all the way. It needs to be all the way finished before it can be revealed. So hold on to the promise that God said it will surely come to pass, surely, and it will not be delayed. So I want to wrap this up by simply asking the question, what is Holy Spirit saying to you? What, what, what is Holy Spirit saying to you about what, what is he giving you? What is he speaking to you? What is he showing you in this time? What is he trying to show you about you? What is he trying to encourage you about? What, what, what is he speaking to you? And whatever he's speaking to you, write it down. Write it down. So I want to pause for a moment and, and just allow Holy Spirit to speak to you. Whatever he's saying to you, I want to just pause for a moment and allow that to take place. Whatever he's saying. <laughs> 